Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 17th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 17th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2017-18 school year, we'll hear from Monmouth political science lecturer Robin Johnson. Robin helped the leadership pack of Illinois Congresswoman Sherry Bustos. She represents the 17th district that includes the city of Monmouth, will issue a new report that's making national news. The Monmouth men's basketball team is battling for first place in the Midwest Conference, and the Fighting Scots head coach, Todd Scrivseth, will tell us about his team as they enter the stretch run of the regular season. And the Midwest Journal of Undergraduate Research, which is published right here at Monmouth College, recently got some good news. Education Studies Professor Michelle Holshue-Simmons will tell us about that. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, a reminder about a few events taking place both on and near the Monmouth campus. We'll talk later in the program about the men's basketball team, but a reminder that this Saturday, January 27, the men's and women's basketball teams will host a doubleheader against Beloit College over at Glenny Gymnasium. The men's game will tip things off at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon, and the women's game is scheduled to get underway about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And with free admission, it's hard to beat the price for a double dip of the thrill and excitement of fighting Scots basketball. And the next time you're on campus, be sure to drop by the Everett Gallery of Hughes Library, where there's a new art show. The show features recent mixed-media works by Kansas City artist Kathy Lyo. Titled Lingering Presence, the exhibit features a collection of large-scale paintings, prints, and mixed-media pieces. It will be on display through February 23, when the artist will be on campus for a reception from 3 until 4.30 in the afternoon, with a gallery talk scheduled for 3.30. The exhibit, reception, and talk are all free and open to the public. There's more information about the show on the cover of the Monmouth College website, which of course is monmouthcollege.edu. Another reminder that weekly chapel service has resumed here at Monmouth College. Chapel services are held from 1210 until 1240 every Monday afternoon in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Monmouth College Chaplain, the Reverend Dr. Terry Ott and Assistant Chaplain Jessica Hawkison offer what is always a great message to start your work week. And if you can't make it to Dahl Chapel and Auditorium, you can watch a live stream of the service over the college's YouTube channel. Just point your browser to youtube.com slash monmouthcollege. Click on the video tab. We'll also post a link on the college's Facebook page as well as on the college's Twitter feed. And don't forget, works by former Monmouth Professor Lawrence A. Weedman and his daughter Claire Elise Weedman are on display at the Buchanan Center for the Arts, which is down on the public square here in Monmouth. For more information about that show, check out the Buchanan Center for the Arts website, and that address is bcaarts.org. <laughs> 
This month, a report was released by the Leadership Political Action Committee of Illinois Congresswoman Sherry Bustos. She's represented Illinois' 17th Congressional District, which includes the city of Monmouth, since 2013. The report's title explains its aim as well as its goals, Hope from the Heartland, How Democrats Can Better Serve the Midwest by Bringing Rural, Working-Class Wisdom to Washington. What's especially interesting about the report, which has received attention from several national media outlets, is that it's based on interviews with 72 Democrats. They're from the mostly agricultural, blue-collar regions in an eight-state area of the nation better known as the Midwest. The report sheds a lot of light on what's known as Obama-Trump voters in the region. Those are individuals who cast their ballot in recent presidential elections for both Democrat Barack Obama as well as Republican Donald Trump. And in many cases, those voters make quite a difference in the outcome of the respective elections. Monmouth political science lecturer as well as Monmouth alumnus Robin Johnson conducted the interviews that informed and shaped the report. Robin says the report contains several important take-home messages for politicians on both the local and the national levels. Number one, uh, one of our goals was to have uh, Congressman Bustos, who was appointed to head up messaging for rural areas, to be a voice for these folks in Washington and let them see, uh, the leadership see, how their actions, how their language affects elections at the local level, which they do, perhaps now more than ever. Uh, that's one audience. Number two, uh, as we got into this, we found some interesting um, ideas on how campaigns are run in rural areas that are different from urban areas. And so some of this is also for local folks uh, to run, want to run for office to how best to do that at a local level. So there's a couple different audiences here. While talking to the six dozen Midwestern politicians, Robbins said he was surprised by how the emotions of a lot of the folks changed throughout his interviews with them. It started with frustration at the party. It worked its way into anger. But at the end, when I would ask all of them, can we get these Obama-Trump voters back? Can we get back a majority? It was yes. It was passion that this can be changed around, turned around. Um, I was very impressed with that. I'll never forget some of the answers that people gave and how passionate they were that uh, the party can still be relevant. Robbins says he also met a lot of politicians who are struggling to work in a sharply divided political landscape. It's really hard now. I've never seen it this bad. And for somebody like me, I consider myself more middle of the road. I'm a Democrat, uh, but I've certainly uh, helped some Republicans. Uh, uh, and, and that's why I'm so comfortable with Congresswoman Bustos. Is she's a very results-oriented Congresswoman. She wants to reach out and get things done which is kind of a throwback to a lot of the leaders we had in the past, the Sam Nunns, the Bob Doles, Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. Um, and now it's so polarized, it's so hard to overcome that and the cynicism, but it's critical that we do. We've got to get back and get some people that are in the middle that can bring both sides together to get things done. Uh, so that's why this fight's worth fighting. Uh, and, and, and it's really important for us to recognize the people in the middle from both parties and support them and get them there because otherwise we're never going to get anything done and a lot of these problems we have are going to continue to fester. Robbins says that while traveling the Midwest last summer, he also encountered a solid dose of optimism that's trying to combat what might often seem like an insurmountable level of cynicism in the land.
We all, those of us that stay in this, have some degree of idealism left and optimism because we're Americans. I mean, we're essentially an optimistic country. Uh, Ronald Reagan was, was, I admired him so much for, for being optimistic, and I think that was part of what um, people liked about him. And it's part of our country, but I think we're at risk at losing that, quite frankly, because we've been so polarized, and both sides have dug in, and, and the ugliness and nastiness. We've, look, we've always had this. Uh, I tell my political science students, you know, we've always had this kind of bitterness going back to the time of Adams and Jefferson. But now it's different because it's on TV all the time and social media, and it's changed. And, and the number of people that just absolutely dislike people in the other party, uh, the polls showing people don't want their, their children to marry somebody the opposite party's gone up. I mean, come on, we're better than that. And I really think we need to encourage leaders to stay in this who, who have a better vision of this country and go back to the models of, of getting things done for the betterment of everybody. And of course, another big beneficiary of the Hope from the Heartland report are the Monmouth College students who are fortunate enough to be enrolled in Robin Johnson's class this semester. The class I teach this semester, Politics and Government in the Midwest, a citizenship class, is still unique in the entire country. I just told my students that the first, days, first day of classes yesterday. We don't, we're not aware of anybody else that teaches this because the Midwest is so difficult to define. Um, and and uh, so, yeah, I, I was able to go work on this project, travel around to the various different parts of the Midwest and Appalachian, Ohio, uh, where the coal mines shut down and now they're trying to take advantage of natural gas and fracking. Uh, the uh, Iron Range of Northeast Minnesota, the, the, the fields of, uh, of Illinois and Iowa. Uh, the Midwest is really a rich, rich area. And uh, it's, it's the middle of the country, and we decide elections a lot. We've, we decided this last election uh, when, when President Trump was elected. So for my students, it's really an opportunity to enrich the learning experience, to share more of this information with them, and uh, really have them see the Midwest as a region. What, what makes the Midwest region stick together? What are the individual parts of it in the different states that make it different? That's Monmouth College political science lecturer Robin Johnson. He helped research and write a report that's getting a lot of national attention. It's called Hope from the Heartland, How Democrats Can Better Serve the Midwest by Bringing Rural, Working-Class Wisdom to Washington. You can easily find the report by Googling it. You can also keep up with Robin as well by listening to his excellent weekly radio show on politics called Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson. That airs weekly on KBUR radio station out of Burlington, Iowa. For more information, go to the radio station's website, kbur.com. You can also dial up past episodes of Robin's show on Mixcloud. Just point your browser to mixcloud.com slash talking underscore politics. listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. 2018 has been a pretty good year thus far to the Monmouth College men's basketball team. The Fighting Scots are 4-3 and three in this calendar year, and that's put them near the top in the Midwest Conference. After a loss on Wednesday night at Knox College, the Fighting Scots return home to play Beloit College, and that game tips off at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon in Glenny Gymnasium. 
That's followed by the women's game, which is scheduled to start around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. In fact, five of the Fighting Scots' final seven games of this regular season will be played in the friendly confines of Glenny Gymnasium. Monmouth College coach Todd Scrivzess says that a big reason Monmouth sits near the top of the conference is because it's done three things well. We've, uh, a couple of things that we've done really well all season, game in, game out, is defend and rebound uh, and take care of the basketball. And if you can do those three things, you're going to give yourself a chance. Uh, and fortunately, we've been able to win a number of close games. Grind the gears a little bit offensively at times, but uh, hopefully we can continue to get better on that end of the floor and, and um, you know, just uh, keep giving ourselves a, uh, as good a chance as we can. Todd says that several of his veteran players have also stepped up and provided invaluable leadership to the team this year. Uh, Will Jones, Justin Aluya, Paul Ango, uh, Jonathan Grant, another senior for us, um, you know, and then Austin Holman before we lost him to, uh, to an injury. All those guys uh, have done a tremendous job for us. I don't know if it's uh, the understanding that their window's closing, uh, that they have uh, just a, you know a few games left in their careers, um, but our, our seniors have really embraced the opportunity this year, and and you know day in day out um, we've we they've shown up and they've really set the tone for us. Uh, we we have not had you know I could probably count the number of bad practices that we've had on one hand this year. Todd says that several newcomers have also strengthened and deepened the Fighting Scots roster this year. Our freshman class has really added to the depth of our program, uh, made our practices so much more competitive that, you know, we're, we're improving every day that we're, we're out there competing against each other. A couple of guys that you see, you see in our rotation, DJ Swift, a freshman out of out of Michigan, um, has done a really nice job stepping in for Austin Holman when he went down for an injury, uh, can, can really shoot the basketball, create his own opportunities offensively, and he continues to get better on the defensive end uh, and, and his understanding of some of, the, some of the finer points of the game uh, from the point guard position. So we've, we've been really pleased with his development this year. Uh, Stefan Bobbitt is another freshman for us from Decatur Eisenhower. Uh, just a it, great instincts defensively. Um, it, definitely a playmaker on that end of the floor, and has the ability on the offensive end to to find out find opportunities for himself, whether it's an offensive rebound or or making a good cut to be able to catch the ball in a scoring area. Um, he's got good quickness and good length, and so he's he's done a nice job. A stronger scout team has also helped make the Fighting Scots more successful in 2017-18. Nate Schrader, I'd have to mention him. Malachi Luster has done a great job. Uh, both of those guys are, they kind of run our scout team for us, and they, they've been tremendous. Um, both of those guys are, are they really take ownership of that of that team and, and and really take pride in getting us prepared game in game out uh, Amari Richardson's another guy on that on that scout team that's that's done a fantastic job uh, and then we got a couple other freshmen that are kind of uh, getting some sporadic opportunities Alec Hayes a, a big kid from from Hartem um, has, has a chance to be a really nice player for us uh, you know, this year and, and, and into the future, and then Jay Richardson, uh, uh, a freshman from Rock Island High School. 
And Todd says that's all helped create a very strong team chemistry. Our seniors have really embraced the, the new players in our program. And, and um, you know, if sometimes I'll pop over to the CAF and I'll see them and they're all sitting together and they you hear about them doing different things off the floor. Um, you know, winning obviously always helps chemistry. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. <clears throat> but... Uh, you know, I think our seniors have, have done a, a tremendous job of embracing the new guys and really instilling that sense of togetherness um, with the team. That's Monmouth College men's basketball coach Todd Scribseth. His Fighting Scots tip off a men's-women's doubleheader at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Glenning Gymnasium. Hope to see you at the gymnasium. And if you can't make it to the gymnasium, don't forget that you can watch both games online at MonmouthScots.com. To keep up with the latest action in Monmouth College Athletics, you can follow the Fighting Scots on Twitter, and that's at MCFightingScots. You can also follow men's basketball at Monmouth College on Twitter. That's at ScotsMHoops. And the Monmouth women's basketball team is on Twitter at ScotsWHoops. Of course, to keep up with all things Fighting Scots related, check in early and often to the Monmouth College Athletics website, and that address is monmouthscots.com. This is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the many ways in which you can follow Monmouth College in the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at monmouthcollege. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat, and that's at This Is Monmouth. And also, don't forget to check out Monmouth on Spotify, where there are several groovy and fresh playlists for your audio enjoyment. listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast and I'm your host Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Founded in 2010 at Monmouth College, the Midwest Journal of Undergraduate Research is a peer and faculty reviewed journal produced by a team of Monmouth student editors and faculty mentors. Scholars from a variety of colleges and universities contribute manuscripts to the review process. Known as IMGER, the journal's mission is to support the development of high-quality original undergraduate research, recognize exceptional undergraduate scholarly efforts and accomplishments, and also contribute to the undergraduate learning experience. Education studies professor Michelle Holshue-Simmons, she's a faculty member who advises the journal's design team, said that IMGER recently received some very good news. It was added to the EBSCO databases. EBSCO, which is a major search engine in higher education research, will greatly increase IMGER's visibility. They're looking for articles on a particular topic and that somebody has written, they might be cited in somebody's research, uh, which is really uh, gratifying. And it really shows the full process and experience of writing in a scholarly journal then, um, which, you know, because that, that is the point of writing in a scholarly journal then to increase human knowledge. As Michelle points out, IMGER attracts submissions from all over the world, which makes it an exciting time to be a part of the journal. And she says that submissions to IMGER undergo a very thorough examination. We have a student group of editors 
that review the manuscripts and they go through a whole peer review process, which is quite rigorous. Um, also, we have faculty reviewers. So for any manuscript, we have faculty members from the discipline of the, the article. Uh, usually it's two faculty reviewers, either internally here at Monmouth College or we send it externally to other institutions to faculty members. And um, then the student, the undergraduate student who has uh, sent the manuscript, who is the author of the manuscript, gets um, actually really substantial feedback. So they either get an accept, uh, an accept with revisions, a reject um, and resubmit, or a reject. Um, and an accept almost never happens because we always ask for revisions, uh, substantial revisions usually. Um, so I would say the most common would be accept with the revisions or revise and resubmit. That's Education Studies Professor Michelle Holshue-Simmons. She's one of the faculty members who works with the Midwest Journal of Undergraduate Research, and that's housed and produced right here at Monmouth College. To learn more about MJUR, check it out on the World Wide Web, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash mjur. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear about who will give the 33rd annual Fox Classics Lecture, and that will be next month. We'll also hear more about a new show over in the Everett Gallery of Hughes Library, and we'll also check in with the friendly folks over in the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 17th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.